0: what's good people it's reg it's stone and we're back after a small hiatus you know we were out there chilling you know we had some projects we were working on you know we got a small phone call from a certain entrepreneur asking for you know help with his uh submarine design you know, we went out there, helped out that, that with that for a little bit. You know, later on, this uh, company hit us up. This called Wagner. You know, we went out there, gave them some, some ideas, you <laughs> know, from my old school, you know, Call of Duty slash, you know, Red Alert days. You know, we were we we're doing things, but now we're back, focused on the most important thing in the world, music.
1: <laughs> Dude, I, 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 I wish. Although I, I will say, you know, look... If we're going to be consultants To paramilitary organizations You pay up front No guarantees
0: <laughs> Yeah I think you got it. I think <laughs> I, I think that's mandatory actually
1: You know <laughs> We just give you the tools It's how you use them
0: <laughs> it, It's what accounts And we're not leaving the country <laughs> We're not getting red dotted On like fucking in Amsterdam or something I'll, I'll, I'll be out here <laughs>
1: Joe's. We, we do Zenatics. gotta watch our back, though. Like, like every drink that you take is sus. <laughs> basically. <laughs> like, they, they'll get you in the States, man. You know, Oof. not gonna lie. You saw the Americans. <laughs>
0: oh, the CIA, too. They might, they, off GP is like, what? He helped you out? He's like, we don't like him either. We'll, we'll murder him for you. Just send me some vodka.
1: <laughs> anyway, y'all, uh, it's good Oof. to be back. It's been a minute. Yes. Life happens.
0: Life happens. But we're back here to give you the news you need. I'm going to kick it off right. You know one of our, our favorite people in the world, Elon Musk. You know, huge fan on my end, Stone too. Right? Shouts.
1: You know he used to be man. But we'll continue.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's. I I think on any given line, a rich white man will eventually disappoint you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just give it time. there's a whole you thing know. worked out. Yeah, he gave me so much hope.
0: So and... much hope. Uh. But um. Anyway, there's been a lot of talk about how with the new overlord of Twitter, Elon Musk has let a lot of, you know, moderation tools kind of lapse. You know, I remember early on, there you were know, people were posting whole movies up. I think the last Fast and the Furious movie was posted up. But uh, now I guess the chickens have come home to roost, where basically all the major labels have decided to sue Twitter for a quarter of a million dollars. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, this is a no brainer. You know, we, as we saw way back in the NAFTA days, they're all about protecting their IPs. You've got big money involved. You've got private equity money involved. they have seen those big deals. So it's not really surprising. I mean, what's been happening with Twitter ultimately is where, you know, they've been getting in trouble for a lot of, you know, things from like pornography to like I said, other copyright violations. They've been able to kind of duck under it just because obviously the organization is chaos. But I, I think having a formal filing in a court of law will kind of bring more attention to certain things. So we'll see how they kind of like deal with it. I mean, I always find these things kind of fascinating to a certain extent because you know at the end of the day nobody's gonna be playing Twitter to go listen to the, like the new like Pusha T song. You know, I think it's the end of the day. It's like you know it's more of an advertising tool. Although going back to that Pusha T song, you know at the end of the day sometimes it's all you have. So I can kind of get understand when to get paid for those streams. At the same time, it seems kind of like low lying fruit. But at the end of the day, too, you know, there's got to be some kind of balance. And you really can't be posting things, you know, kind of flaunting copyright law.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is like a really interesting one. And it it, it seems like the record labels have made deals with other companies like Snapchat, where if you post a a track, even as an individual that has a snippet of like a Cardi B song, then, you know, Cardi B gets paid uh, a, a certain amount of revenue and you know is that fair maybe maybe not you know obviously i wish the same you know i i guess like idea extends to like you know an indie artist right <laughs> but it it kind of is what it is and these record labels kind of have um these kind of companies by the balls and you know nine times out of 10, 9.99 times out of 10 people are going to post a track that has Cardi B versus a track that has, you know, independent artists. Yep. It is what it is. Um, This is really fascinating. Twitter is like a a kind of, we all know it's a shit show. They aren't paying their bills, you know, somehow the site is still going, which is like really shocking and surprising. Um, Somehow they still like, you know, they have 400 people who still kind of work for the dude. Um, who, like, apparently show up every day in the office and kind of camp out there. That's crazy to me. Um, you know, everybody's kind of saying, like, what's, like, the straw that breaks the camel's back with Twitter? Is this going to be it? I don't know. But it it almost kind of seems like you can only get so far not paying bills and... (laughs) It's just kind of like being out here or maybe not. Maybe it's just like the Trump thing where it's just like everything that kind of, you know, tough on Don, you know, like maybe they'll weasel when they were out or like they'll like, you know, stall and, and and kind of like, you know, deflect as long as they can. And like the record labels give up, you know, who knows? Um, but I, I do kind of hope they get taken to the cleaners for this. Even though I'm not really a huge fan of record labels.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's it's going back to the idea, like you said, is eventually I feel like eventually it has to catch up. As anybody who's had to like, you know, live check to check, you know, all it takes is that one like, you know, late notice two or three times and the electricity's turned off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I could definitely imagine. I, I know they, they were an issue where they weren't paying their real estate stuff. Like, they, I guess they owned their management company some money. So who knows? Maybe one day they show up and the service ain't working, not because of a crash, but because ain't no power. Um, what else? Uh, again, uh, we have a, a couple of uh, interesting things happening in, in our favorite realm of music creation, AI. Again, me and Stone, huge fans. Huge fans of the robot overlords, you know. Shouts out to Siri. Shouts out to Alexa. Um, So on my side, I I just noticed that Paul McCartney kind of went to New York Times kind of raving about how there was a a partially finished uh, Beatles song with him and John Lennon. And so basically he kind of went in there and used the AI to kind of, I guess, recreate and clean up the demo that they had, so they could kind of record it professionally. And it's going to kind of come out. And he was all praising the tech. And I kind of get somebody like Paul McCartney and not, not to even diss on him. It's the idea of where he's somebody who's a musician, he's somebody who's established, he's somebody who's got a brand. He's somebody at the end of the day who could leverage the technology the way he feels like it needs to be leveraged with no problem. And that's cool. I think the issue generally with AI is the idea of where not everybody's Paul McCartney. <laughs> there's like one Paul McCartney. <laughs> Maybe there's like, you know, a couple of dozen artists that could really kind of flex their way back in that kind of direction where they can kind of really hardcore control their IPs. I think that the idea behind AI is the fact of where You know, one, for extremely creative medium, you kind of take the creativity out of it. And two, going back to the idea of where, you know, circling back to the whole Twitter thing is that you have a lot of money hats involved. And if it's a way to make things cheaper, and make money without any artist creation, creativity involved in it, they'll take that path. And I I think that's what's kind of happening here where, yeah, it's a feel good story. He was able to go out there, see the demo of his friends, figure out what he was trying to work on, melody, kind of have a robot voice, kind of recreate it, finish it all up, we get a new Beatles song, yay, yay, yay. But at the end of the time, it begs the question, Is like, do we need that exactly? You know, I'm pretty sure lots of, you know, it's, a lot of stars are infamous for, you know, painters, you know, musicians, where it's like, yeah, when I die, bring all my shit, my half minute shit. Because at the end of the day, you know, while there's a there's an eagerness for audiences to kind of get this kind of product, you kind of beg the question of like, hey, you know, is it to a certain extent grave robbing you know maybe that wasn't finished for a real reason maybe maybe you weren't meant to hear it maybe it's got to go into the ether i don't know if the uh, the the basically the benefits outweighs the risk particularly when for the most part like i said most people aren't mccartney power most people have like fucking you know tlc under babyface power <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah no this is this is very interesting and you know it, it's it, it, it's kind of a weird thing, you know, because like Paul McCartney obviously is a big name. You know, Timbaland is ex- experimenting with like, you know, bringing back like A.I. What was it A.I. Biggie or something? Somebody on hey, like A.I. Different Biggie, tracks, yes. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, to be honest, like, I, I will say, like, some of this AI and music stuff kind of came and went, right? Like, they we had, like, the, the Drake, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing the quotes here, <laughs> for the people who, who on the audio, uh, the Drake, you know, Weekend track that kind of came and went, right? And people were like, oh, this is kind of cool, you know? And then, you know, the Bad Bunny Rihanna track that kind of came and went. So, you know, I just remember somebody saying, like, you know... Tupac hologram came and went, you know, and maybe yeah. like, you know. As a society, we have a deeper relationship with our artists. Um, you know, having that said, I, I, I think that there's going to be a a track either this year or next year that has some type of generated AI content that's going to, you know, hit the Billboard Hot 100. And I think most people probably won't care. Um, and I think we have to be okay with that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I think it's really interesting. Just like to piggyback off of this, you know, the Grammys, the Recording Academy, you know, the the, the most stodgy and non progressive organization, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, in America, and definitely in the in, in the creative arts, have created guidelines around like what type of quote unquote AI generated work would be included. Uh, for a consideration and it seems like you know they're saying no to songwriting so any ai generated song is like no but the the lines are kind of blurred or around you know like uh i guess like um uh not pre- presentation but like P- know, performance like, performance yeah performance yeah. right so you know it seems like you know, you could have like, you know, Timbaland and A.I. Biggie. And, de- you know, depending on what percentage of the track is A.I. Biggie versus Timbaland, it could be considered, which is like a very interesting and weird world we're entering. Right. And I think that's the fact that the Grammys are kind of like they've already made these distinctions. Right. Means that like, you know, record labels are talking about it. Executives are talking about it. The industry's talking about it. And now there's kind of a green light to, like, you know, let it rip. So it, it's, it is what it is, you know. I, I think, you know, we'll, we'll have to kind of figure out how this all trickles down. But it, it's, I, you know, once I saw the Grammys make rules around it, I was like, oh, shit, this is really happening. This means that people are really talking about this. And there's probably things that, you know, that there's probably that, you know... Like, you know, R- Rihanna might have, like, I don't know, like, AI, I don't know, Sade on her album. Or something <laughs> like that. Because Sade's like, I'm not, I'm not recording. <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> and, and Rihanna's like, okay, cool. I'll give you, like, can I do get an AI version of you and give you the same bag? And Sade's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I, I think
0: that's what Grimes did actually Didn't she say like whoever records with her voice Will just share it 50-50
1: Yeah yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> I, I was reading an article basically about uh, There was a voice actor I think for video games But basically she kind of said that Hey when she showed up for the gig they were like Yeah by the way you got the gig but here Please sign us paperwork which says we own your voice in perpetuity oh yeah so that where yeah so it's like to a certain extent you look at it where she's just there just like a couple lines for like some video game but if that video game becomes a hit whatever that character is from like you know 10 years from now and like you know the sequels it'll always be her but never get a check for that fucking same vocal performance it just captured her kind of you know the, her her vocal tics stay in the system to be used again um i mean again i mean it sucks like it's I think it was interesting, and we kind of talked about it a little bit off the stream, basically about the idea of where it feels like in the music industry, there's a huge gap between songwriters, engineers, people behind the scenes, and the actual performers. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it kind of showcases this where, you know, and, and and I guess it's kind of interesting because, you know, obviously you can make the argument that in the real world, it's the opposite. Like, you know, people are happy to see Dua Lipa. People are happy to see Rihanna. Nobody really cares that, you know, it may be a cover and nobody really cares that it may be like somebody else wrote it. It's just like, hey, if it's the vibe, if it's the image, we are paying, you know, $500 for a ticket in the bleeders to go see these acts. At the flip side, you know, I do think that it's, it, you know, it's, definitely a performance brings a song out. You know what I'm saying? There's definitely, I mean, the only thing that pop in my head right now is a quick, easy example would be, actually two. I could say that, you know, even though Roberta Flack is awesome, there's a reason why we love the Lauryn Hill version. You know, even though Nine Inch Nails Hurt was a big hit for them in the early 90s, there's a reason why the Johnny Cash one, it was a monster hit for him, you know, winning awards five, six years later. Um, You know, I just think it's unfortunate. And at the end of the day, look, I get it that certain things are tools and you can't really be afraid of it. At the end of the day, it's how the tools are used. You know, and I do give the Grammys props. For once, as you mentioned, very old organization, you know, saying those dudes are still out there listening to the music on their zoons. Um, I give them props <laughs> for kind of getting ahead of this. At the same time, I think that it needs to be a little bit pure. And I and I could kind of understand maybe in their minds they wanted to leave some wiggle room for like, you know, a lot of times you get like, you know, you'll see it. You'll have plugins and the software like, oh, we'll make your automatic, we'll we'll give you a drum pattern for your guitar thing. And you know, there's already, you know, for decades, not decades, probably, you know, once the garage band hit the scene and you had things like Drummer, you already have a certain level And I I put it in the biggest quotes ever, AI, where it'll definitely put in, fill in instruments, fill in fucking beat drum patterns just to kind of flesh out a song. With the idea there though, at the end of the day, is that it's a demo here's a drum pattern you can use for now, but the idea is that when you go from GarageBand to your real DAW, when you're really making a song, you'll upgrade it. And and again, I am not mad at the basic idea of AI creation. It's just at the end of the day, I think, You know, the people who are pro this tech is the idea of where, hey, like anybody, you at home, you pop star at home, aspiring bedroom producer can go and make this big Britney Spears-esque, you know, 90s hit in the year 2040, when realistically it's going to be a whole bunch of execs in the studio like, hey, there's a Chrysler commercial, give us an AI song, we don't want to pay anybody for it.
1: Yeah, that's true, that's true. Uh, shout out to the Recording Academy, by the way. I, I I feel like everybody in the that I follow is now a member.
0: Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Diversify,
1: which I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Uh, I, I'm you know I, I won't name all the names because I'm like I don't want the Recording Academy to listen <laughs> to this podcast. And be like, oh, still mention your name. Your 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 membership's rescinded. <laughs> to too many minorities, you who know. Let all these blacks in the party. <laughs> but I, I was very um, pleasantly surprised to see a, so many people of color, um, who I thought were already kind of either Grammy voters or a part of the Academy, um, get there like a part of this latest class. Um, I hope, you know, I hope it's not performative. I hope it's actually like worth something, and these people actually have weight and agency. We shall see, but. I'm actually kind of glad to see so many people in my timeline post their Grammy, uh, you know, pictures or whatever. Um, and I, I just told them not to to vote for Jeff, 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 Jeff tall, you know, <laughs> you know. Let's not vote for Macklemore out here. <laughs> let's not vote for like F K and Mecca. <laughs> let's keep it real out here. That's that's my only charge to you guys. <laughs>
0: I feel like to be an Academy member, you just have to like, they should give you like a list. And it's like, is this a hip hop act? Is this a metal act? It'll like list the names where it'll be like, you know, is this a metal act? Metallica, Slayer, Kesha. <laughs> you got to choose the rank one. Oh man. And then, uh, actually this is, this is, this is a group story. You know what I'm saying? Me and Stone. Actually, yeah, this isn't being sarcastic. I think I could definitely say one of my favorite artists in the previous decade was The Weeknd. You know, I think that to a certain extent, he's kind of even before the current TV show become a joke. But I will say that. Wow. I wanna, I'm going to give some word props. Ready for this one? Ready? Ready for this hyperbole? Oh, I'm, I'm going to put my glasses off for this one. It feels like House of Balloons was a Nirvana smells like teen spirit moment for
1: R&B. Yeah, I don't think that's a hot take, dude. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think the you know when we look back of the past ten years and where R and B has shifted. Yeah, I mean, like everybody's influenced by House Balloons. So, I, yeah, I don't think that's a really hot take. I, I think that's just that's becoming um, almost uh, like a dogma at this point.
0: Yeah, that, that was that was a very lukewarm TV dinner take. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Long story short, dude, you know, despite, I think, you know, we could definitely question his current output. A lot of people are big fans of it. I think that you could make, you know, again, it's, it's, it's no real argument that his House of Balloons era, that skeevy persona version of The Weeknd was a big deal, is a big deal, stays influential. Um, I mean, personally, I'll, I'll give you an aside. I, one of my favorite movie genres tends to be like skeevy movies, like skeevy city movies, you know, like Taxi Driver like fucking chinatown like like give me the underbelly of a big major american city with this crime and sex and and greediness you know like like spring breakers a couple of years ago of gucci man yeah playing the most laziest drug dealer ever <laughs> it is the idea of fucking you know there's something about the way i think cinema captures because it's you've got two things happening at the same time you've got this gritty city seedy underbelly at the same time, you've got Hollywood filmmaking, which by its very nature can be gritty, you know? It can yeah. be objectively, but it's still a celluloid. it's still an editor, they're still doing color correction. You know, even the grittiness they put portray has its intentional grittiness. It's not like, you know, they're not out in the streets, grimy filming shit. It's a, it's a fucking sound lot somewhere. Um, so long story short, we bring it back to the current HBO show, The Idol. So The Idol was announced a couple of years ago. It's the director of Euphoria. Basically, the idea was that Weekend wanted to kind of do this kind of take on L.A. where he's a CD person and this young ingenue falls under his spell. About a month and a half ago, there was a Rolling Stone article about how troubled the production was. Long story short, they pretty much filmed most of the show. They specifically hired a female director to kind of help guide the vision because, you know, when you have a song, a song, (laughs) when you've got a show about exploitation between men and women of the power dynamics, they want to kind of have their P's and Q's covered. So it felt like they understood, at least in the beginning, that they needed to kind of check themselves, which is a good idea. Unfortunately, it seems halfway through that they aren't really... They, meaning that Levinson and The weekend weren't satisfied with the product, so they effectively fired her and did it on their own. And uh, I'm pretty sure you've seen the memes and you've seen the jokes and you've seen kind of the discussion about how apparently it's it's a very mid-show, to say it um, lightly. And basically to me, at least I can't say to me, but it seems the big issue there tends to be circled around The weekend. I read something about how if you got rid of The weekend and kind of focused on the side actors and the young woman trying to make it in Hollywood and it was more centered on her or fought him as a character, it'd be a much better show. But because you've got The weekend there kind of playing a, a version of his House of Balloons persona, it comes off just basically terribly bad. He really can't act. It comes off forced. and uh, And I kind of think back to... You know, it's this. What's funny about this is the weekend is not the first person to kind of do something like this. It feels like all megastars kind of go through a point of where they want to kind of, you know, branch off. Possibly you've had like let's say Madonna doing Desperate Seeking Susan, you've had Michael Jackson Moonwalker. This is not anything new under the sun. Um, I guess it's new in the newer generations, only because we don't really have that many mega superstars left where they want to have like a film vehicle to kind of go on with their fame. You know, obviously the most, the biggest one I think in recent memory that I could think of that kind of nailed it was probably a Prince of Purple Rain, if you have to go back there. Um, but anyway, at least watching this, I haven't had a chance to kind of, you know, actually I haven't had a chance to watch it, but at least watching all the reactions on the side, it's been kind of hilarious, kind of seeing people kind of react to The weekend basically being The weekend, circa House of Balloons.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's really funny to see kind of people shock Pikachu face, right? Because The weekend has always been a fuckboy. (laughs) Go back to House of Balloons and listen to those lyrics. They're they're a fuckboy era lyrics. And it's 12 years (laughs) of the same thing, you know? Um, So I guess like it's not surprising. And also too, like, you know, was, uh, was it Barry Levinson or whatever? Like that Sam Levinson? you know it's yeah, forming, same uh, yeah yeah like euphoria right so in which euphoria i think was like you know I, I i think it's almost also like if they centered it around zendaya's character a female character like it would have been a much better show except you know for the sex and drugs right and is you know whatever but i yeah so it's not surprising it's it's you know that the weekend kind of took over the show and made it like a, a weekend album you know um, I, 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 think you know I'm very tempted to to watch the show just because you know I, as our boy D-Funk said, like you know Warner Media is like ripping everything out for Max, <laughs> 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 and they cut like the last episode short, so it might be one of those things like Westworld, which is crazy. They fucking pulled Westworld. You know, if they could pull yeah. Westworld, they could pull the show like like tomorrow. So I kind of need to get my hate watch in. Um, but I don't know. I I think I, I you know I'm I'm probably like the least surprised. It, it's not. I I could see if it was like Taylor Swift or somebody like doing a show like this where you're like, oh my god, like Taylor Swift is like so puritanical, and oh my god, like you know. Um. Wow. Like this is like a huge leap for her. It's a risk. Oh my gosh. She's a bad girl. It's the weekend. Yeah. Like like, like it's, it's it's the weekend's lyrics are sex drugs. I'm a fuck boy. Like you know, sleep with me. Like blah, borderline blah, blah. sexual
0: assault. I, f- I feel like people forget. I yeah. Think it Yeah. Second EP, there was one where the initiation. I was like, wait, but this sounds a little literally yeah. rapey. <laughs> like
1: like so yeah. You should not be surprised uh, at all. And, and, yeah. and it's 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 shocking that people I, I think the surprise sometimes I get cynical. I'm like, it's a surprise manufactured by HBO just to be like, oh, yeah. oh watch the show because it's so borderline rapey, which is kind of sad and probably says more about our society than anything.
0: Yeah, no, I I think that, you know, to quote Jane's addiction, nothing's shocking. Um, You know, it's it, it, we live in an era of where, you know. When things are sent to, to like to to or be edgy, like we're kind of over that. Like I'm not yeah. really impressed, and I and I don't think it's necessarily because of my age. It's just because we already live in a hyper you know a hyper exposed society of where you know there's TikToks of like cats getting run over. You know what I'm saying? It's like there's yeah. nothing really new under the sun. There's nothing really hidden. The dark absences of the human psyche. I mean, not to be funny, they're evident every time I go into Twitter. So it's like if you yeah. want to see the worst of the worst, hop on Twitter, and, and not even even not even visuals, just just the the, the the most darkest thoughts are there, and so like I said, it's been fascinating because again, like I, I kind of enjoy this kind of stuff, and I haven't had a chance to kind of dig deep into it, but it's also interesting. Like I said, is the idea where this is always the weekend, and you know, while I do take umbrage in the idea of where at least from the Rolling Stone article is kind of portrayed of where these dudes are taking this show over about you know you know abusive and like patriarchy and make it into a movie show about cool bros i mean that's kind of the weekend and it's like the end of the yeah. day i'm not gonna necessarily defend house of balloons but you know at least in there i showed you what he was warts and all, you know what I'm saying? He, 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 he you know, he emptied all his cards to go hang out with strippers. You know, there was never like a, you know, and I think what that was kind of appealing about the era was the fact of where there was a lot of praise for that lifestyle, but it also showed you a downside, which you really didn't get in the Jiggy era. You really didn't get into you know long fucking NBA jersey era of the clubs. It was something that was very focused on like yeah I'm a piece of shit and I'm singing piece of shit things. And I know we've kind of in a way of where everything is kind of in this word malaise of kind of depression from the weekend to you know, a lot of fucking rage rap stuff to everything, but kind of, and I hate, like, going back to my point, that, that was all the weekend. Before that, we, all, we were too cool. We were too cool for everything. Everything was fine. I will shoot you, shoot you in the mans and I'd go hang out for a girl afterwards. And it's only over the weekend that kind of introduces darkness, as, or I should say resurrected this darkness. Not necessarily introduced it, but resurrected this darkness yeah. in certain corners of like, let's say, you know, black music and where we kind of like, oh shit, this is kind of different. We kind of flock to it, but yeah. So long story short, I guess, what I'm saying is, if you have access, go download those shows now. <laughs> Cause you got <laughs> maybe a week tops before it gets buried. Like fucking <laughs> like a mafia murder. <laughs> 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 and a uh, final category. Uh, I figure we keep it hyper-focused on the one album. Janelle Monet. you know, woman, unfortunately not, not good looking at all. You know what I'm saying? Not, not, mm. not talented at all can't act can't sing you know didn't didn't have a record label you know popular actor, Jadonna. jadana there's a total failure of a human being you know her comeback record <laughs> after you know being in movies with like you know major actors you know you know acting with like fucking Ryan Johnson I mean in Ryan Johnson's latest movie uh, what was it the Glass Onion you know what I'm saying? Glass Onion yep yeah career on the skids completely completely on the skids uh has comeback uh, what's interesting about Janelle is the idea of where early on in her career she was kind of known for being this avant-garde artist, she was doing work with Prince, she was hyper-focused on a version of Metropolis, which was basically an early silent movie that was focused on almost the dystopian future with androids and robots um, the argument there was the fact of a lot of that work was dealing with her sexuality, sexuality in general, feeling othered as a queer person as a woman, you know, she kind of went deeper to those themes, um, as of late she's kind of shifted away from that her last album which I can't remember immediately was kind of a coming out of her queerness and she dropped Age of Pleasure, Pleasure which is unabashedly queer you know it's her with fucking all her ladies in the video you know very old school BET uncut vibe to it but a Feminist Lance <laughs> very Feminist slant, though and uh, it dropped and I will say this is probably my favorite Janelle Monáe record of all time
1: Oh, my goodness. That's blasphemous. And, I, and
0: I'll tell you why. So the thing is, again, we have a music podcast. We know nerddom. We're deeper to nerddom. You know what I'm saying? I, I know the music nerddom. And while I respected Janelle and I understood what she was going for, and she definitely has some tracks, what I do love about this album is that it's unabashedly fun. In a weird way, I would almost compare it to Beyonce's Renaissance um not necessarily in sound because obviously renaissance was definitely st- steep deep into like queer club music while this is more like diaspora a little bit of afrobeat a little bit of reggae a little bit of r&b um but it's kind of the same vibe Both well, this record you could basically you know serves that one long mixtape everything kind of blends to each other it's very celebratory you know there's no there's no dark tales of a breakup there's no, like, you know, daddy lessons. There's no, like, you know, dealing with, you know, the fact that she's a, in a queer world That's definitely anti-queer, anti-black woman. It's just a celebration of being her. It's a fun summer album. And me and you always discussed this, you know, back in the Calvin Harris, you know, Funk Waves version 2, volume 2. It's like, to a certain extent, it feels like it kind of kind of away from, like, the barbecue album, it feels like. Like, you know, the idea of where you could kind of put something on yeah. for the fam over. And it's like, yeah. it kind of... And what's cool about this record is like it's that perfectly. And while here, I could definitely respect a lot of Janelle's Monet's past records. I can even say that there's certain songs I like better on those records. What I like about this is that it's just a fucking fun album. It's not worried about anything. You just put it on, it's jams, you know, you could play it at everyday people. You could play it with your fucking mama in the fucking barbecue. It's nice, it's simple, it's fun. Gets in, gets out, and it is very hyper-focused. And, you know, for me, I love that. And I, I think that's what kind of gets lost a lot of times. A lot of, like, progressive acts, a lot of experimental acts, you know. And I'm not going to say that you really can't aim for the sun. And I am not saying those albums aren't good. Guaranteed, there's, like, dope artists right now influenced by Janelle's own work that will make fucking fantastic records in the future. But there's something about a nice tight summer album, which it feels like feels should be easy to do, but it's fucking hard as shit. And props her for pulling it off.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I so there's there's a couple things about this album for me. Um, so I've been a Janelle Monae fan like since way back in the day. Um, so and she's always been, you know, I, I, she's always been quirky, right? Like she's never been like you know the the quote-unquote pop star beyonce like blah blah, blah. she always was or er, was able to kind of get her name in the news and not like in a weird way but just more like you know people respected her people talked about her a lot of artists looked up to her um i you know i always thought like Arc android was like a really cool experimental album and in 2010 right so like now no black woman was kind of doing like this kind of crazy metropolis Themed album, um, Electric Lady was kind of like more of like the kind of Motown soul album. Like her live shows were always like super tight and incredible. And just like remember like hanging out with like some of her band and like they're just like one point. So, you know, I think, you know, I always probably have more history with Janelle Monet as kind of being like this kind of crazy quirky, you know like black woman who's trying like all these different things and like you're trying to peg me into the R and B box, but fuck you. I'm gonna be in this box and you're yes. gonna like it, respect it. Um, you know. Um, you know, I think was it oh like oh well, yeah literally I was at her like, you know, album release party, no flex. Um, and you know, it's like very <laughs>
0: the picture out there me and her just drinking you know that's all it was a tuesday
1: you know i was in the vip you know you know how we do um but you know (laughs) it's just kind of like like the way that she thinks about thematic set design like things like that it's really interesting and kind of like how it's it's always a journey so having that said you know i would say the age of pleasure you know for me it, it definitely is a great album um, you know, compared to some, of, you know, it's, I, I would say it's definitely a little bit more in like, quote unquote, traditional, like kind of like a production. Get your but, snob on,
0: Stone. Get your snob on. Get, you know,
1: I know, but 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 seriously, like, I I think that it's a it's a great summer album, and I, I think like she's probably one of those people who's kind of like I've done all of these crazy eccentric things. Agreed. I'm getting older. Like I just want like a chill album that my friends can listen to, um, I you know if you want to know what Janelle Monae's breasts look like for the past twelve years, you got it now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> have you seen the vinyl, bro? I, uh, I I
0: I haven't had. Let me put it this way: it's, it's it's on my list. I I haven't had a chance to go. I think I'm waiting to walk into the rough trade and be able to like you know go up there. You know. <laughs> Basically, you know how when you were younger, back back at you, you millennials, actually you, you, you gen you gen Zers, you know we used to buy albums back in the days physically. You know, <laughs> I want to be able to go in there into that rough trade, buy that vinyl, rip it all open, and be embarrassed on the bus looking at it. You know,
1: like it, 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 it's it's to the point where like all the all all the old outcast CDs. If you remember those, you know those those CDs, or just like oh yeah, everywhere. Good, good call. Yeah, no, yeah.
0: actually, very yeah. much the seventies. You're right, actually. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Same same energy. Um, but you know, I, I what I love about this album, like it, it's it's free. It's just like you know, it's kind of like you know, Dirty Computer. I think was kind of like the same way, but I think this was done in a, a more um cohesive way. It's literally just like I literally am just going to. You know, I got my, my Netflix bag. <laughs> I'm I am to Jamaica. I want to have orgies and we're just going to hang out and like, you know, I'm going to hang out by a pool. I rented a pool house. Like there's like, you know, a hundred beautiful black people here. Like maybe some orgies break out, you know, whatever. You know, we out here, we live in life. And, you know, I, I, I think like the way that she kind of captured that vibe of this album Uh, although the production is different, it kind of felt like, you know, Arc android and some of her Electric Lady where she's kind of like, I want to give you a cohesive project. I want to bring you to a space, right? I want to do all these things. And I think, like, even though the production has shifted, maybe it's a little bit more like, you know, oh, like Solange could do this or like Rihanna could do this. It still feels like very cohesive and put together uh, and and a really good album. So all that to say, I really like the album. Definitely a little bit different. If you're like uh, you know, like I want her, to, like you know, have her her big like, I don't even know what that the hairstyle was, like like the the 50s style hairdo and like the
0: pompadour,
1: yeah, you know, and like do like 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 Motown. Um, I I definitely feel like she's past that, um, but you know, it, it's I, I can't be mad at somebody that's kind of like coming into her own, you know. Like, professionally, sexually, you know, emotionally, and and wanting to share that. I, and I think that's what this album is.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I, we're, we're on the same page. I, I think that at a certain point, and again, I, I it's also, I, I've been thinking about certain things also, where the idea of, like, experimental music, because I still do a lot of weird things. I still go to noise shows. I still... I still kind of support these kind of arts because you kind of need to people who are pushing fucking certain boundaries at the same time. I've also been thinking that really pop music is very fucking weird now where a lot of these things, you know, even like some of your trappies will have these random samples come in. It's like the idea of where, what was a, a, a hammered down focus, you know, a Max Martin version of pop is kind of out of the window. You know saying? Look, you look at an ice spice, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you, there's nothing really kind of in stone. And I, I think that in a weird way, by her going back to more traditional, like hyper-focused, relaxed, you know, R&B, danceable R&B songwriting, is in a weird way experimental if that makes any word sense. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not going to go into the whole thing. Well, there's no R2 and yada, 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 and it's real instruments and yada, yada. It's not about that. It's the idea of where... You know, she puts something out that is not necessarily on the radio, but I think is needed. And like, to a certain extent, I kind of respect an artist that's kind of in that pivot, because again, it's also weird. It's like you, you're making a change for your fan base that's used to you, you know, having the crazy fucking stage set up in a thousand to one robots and doing X, Y, Z, dropping a record like this can be alienating. But at the same time, it's cool because, you know, it's part of you as an artist. Like, at the end of the day, no matter what motherfuckers try to tell you about how, you know, I don't don't listen to rap music. I don't do X, Y, Z. It's these basic songs, you know, it's you listen to your Biggie Smalls. You listen to your fucking Nirvana. You listen to your fucking Luther Vandross. It's just like these are the fucking guys who made you. And while yeah, you may have taken a lot of those things and taken it to a more experimental word space, that's where you kind of came from. And going back to your point, it's cool for her to kind of af- after all that time where she's proven so much. Fuck it, I'll just make a happy chill album and 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 again, like, hang off my girls in Jamaica. Titties out.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure.
0: So uh, that's today's theme on the podcast. Titties out.
1: You know, titties out. Male, like,
0: male and female, not no, non non gender conforming, all to these outs. Uh,
1: look, you know, living in the woods and, and and eating a lot of Popeyes have given me some some voluptuous. <laughs> some 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 man titties. <laughs> Tatas.
0: I've got got some too, baby. You know, you I'm know, out here with that beer belly. Oh, like,
1: that's all I got to say. You know, I'm, Shasta I'm gonna, Stella. I'm going to make my own uh, Age of Pleasure album. <laughs> Gonna make my own vinyl.
0: Ooh, I'm out here too, baby. Bare belly, you know what I'm saying. We're gonna buy summer bod. Gonna fill out a bikini top nicely, you know. Don't don't hate on me, bitches, when I'm out there in in these streets. <laughs> Ooh. And on that note, we're happy to be back. We're happy you're listening. We're happy and we're hopeful you're doing well. We're hoping the last couple of weeks have been great for you. And we'll speak to y'all next night. Next time? Wow. Next time. Peace. Peace.